Welcome in. This is your Wednesday live chat for this week's Honda Classic DFS betting one and done ownership. Whatever you want to talk about this time is yours and it is presented by Jock Market. Jock Market is stock market DFS. It's fascinating. It can be as simple or as complicated as you'd like it to be. And we're doing a power hour tonight as we do each and every Wednesday at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time right here, right where you are right now on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. So we'll go through all things jock market related and we'll give out a little bit of money too. What do you want to do? Let's just jump right into this. I mean, I usually kind of do a little soliloquy, let people get settled in, let the questions get into the comment box, but I already see a bunch in here. So we might as well just rock and roll. Nicolas is asking about Nikolai. Nikolaj. Hoygaard. Uh, got him in my lineup this week. Always a great show, RRG. Yeah, so thank you. So here we go. This is uh, my website, rickrungood.com. Everything that you see will be available there. We can do a little bit of a deep dive on Nikolai, but um, there's not a whole lot to assess, right? A lot of his stuff is going to be European Tour. In fact, the only PGA Tour-sanctioned event that he's played was the Open Championship, which is obviously not only... PGA Tour sanctioned, so it's not like he's ever played a true PGA Tour event before, but he wins the Italian Open. He wins a couple of weeks ago at the Raz Al Kamai Championship. He is kind of highly touted as a young, up-and-coming Dane. He's 20 years old. I mean, he's just got the world ahead of him, um, and he's dynamic, but he's going to be volatile. This is really his first taste on the PGA Tour. You wonder if he's going to come out guns a-blazing. Be a little tentative. We'll see. Um, but I do like his upside long-term. Very, very talented golfer. Uh, Lincoln says, thanks for everything that you do. Any love on Kramer Hickok at $6,800? Yeah, so uh, Kramer Hickok, I've, I've said this before, I believe. When he's going well, he's very accurate with the driver. When you're at PGA National and you've got water off the tee and you've got water on approach, playing out of the fairway is one really safe way to make sure your ball is in the you know, concerns with water as well. But yeah, when Hickok is at his best, it's a really good spot for him. It's not an overly long course. It's 7,000 yards. And you start to wonder, hey, you know, can Kramer Hickok win a golf tournament at 25 under? Can he? Probably not. Can he win one at six? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, right? It's not a major championship field. These guys that only have to shoot one or two under par every single day to be in contention, licking their chops. Kramer Hickok falls into that category. Hey, Rick, you're killing me. Welcome to the club, buddy. I have my eye on Billy Ho, but I've noticed you picked him in your scramble one and done. Pivot, P.S., can you add prize pick stats to your live leaderboard stats, greens greens and regulation, fairways, et cetera? Yeah, so um, for those of you who don't know, I have picked uh, six consecutive golfers in the one and done uh, that have missed the cut. It is actually, at this point, pretty outrageous. I couldn't be doing that if I tried. I ran the numbers because you could you know, look at like, hey, what are the odds to miss the cut? And you basically parlay that for six golfers. I'm in the range of like 728 to one. That's the kind of stretch I'm in right now. So we've kind of been joking. Whoever I pick in the one and done, just fade him. Outside of that, Billy Horschel's splendid. Um, you're not going to see this everywhere, right? So let me show you the stats here on Billy Horschel on his player profile page. And the key thing that I have on my site, which is critically important, is I not only have the match play data, but I have all the European tour data. And when you start to have that data, Billy looks like a much better golfer because you get the win at the match play. You get the win at the BMW PGA Championship. So when you start looking at raw strokes gain or weighted strokes gain, whatever you want to look at, with those two starts, Billy gets a lot better. If you're only looking at stroke play PGA Tour numbers, you're not getting the full picture on Billy. And then you see him with a T11 and a T6 uh, in, his, in his most uh, recent two starts at the Farmers and in Phoenix. He's reliant on the short game. It's a little bit scary. However, when you're talking about... Um, you know, par being a good score, sometimes sometimes those short game specialists can just get up and down for par, right? And and not have to worry about grinding over a bunch of six or seven footers for par uh, as much as some of the other guys. As far as the prize pick stuff, yeah. So um, I will try to add that to the live leaderboard. What So when I build these tools, you, you know, a, a tournament has to be live for me to pull the data, test it, all that stuff. So I'll try to add it this week. I don't know if it'll be there this week, but maybe I can start testing on things this week and, and see where it goes. Maybe it won't necessarily be live, but maybe I can update it after every single round. I'll have to play with it. The 
the prize pick stuff has been awesome. There's a link in the description for that as well. Um, if you want to play with the props, so it's kind of changed a lot of the way the data is coming in. So yes, I'll, I'll try to make some, some updates there as well. Can you do a deep dive on Doc Redman? Do you think he's worth a top 40 bet? Also, how much money do we put on Billy Ho? There we go. Missed the cut since you cursed him this week. There you go. See, people are people are following along. They know what's going on here. I think he was plus 160 to miss the cut. Someone sent it to me. I don't know if that's true. Um, somebody can let me know in the chat what Billy Horschel's uh, number is to, to miss the cut. So here's Doc. And what I like about Doc, and he's told me this out of his own mouth, is he really kind of likes the true test of golf, right? When things get harder, Doc likes that. And we saw it at, at Riviera last week. He made the cut. He gained strokes on approach. The driver is now much more, uh, much closer to tour average than it was last season when he was losing two and three strokes um, basically per event. So these are all good signs. The one thing I worry about Doc is right here, the short game. Boy, it's going to be hard this week. It's going to be really hard. I've just mentioned having those putts for par all the time. That grinds on guys. Uh, being able to get up and down for par, going to be critical this week. I worry that's not great for Doc. Where I like Doc is kind of harder driving courses that you can make. Um, you don't have to rely on the short game as much. Maybe like a Wyndham, something like that. Uh, I just saw a couple of super chats come in. So let me take care of those uh, real quick here. So there's this one here that just came in from NCAA. Uh, NCAA F Nation. Um, I like Aaron Rye and Cameron Young have been playing well, could be on the verge of win. Do you think they will do well this week? So Aaron Rye, uh, I think I'm a bit of a, um, maybe I like him a little bit more because when you're a good ball striker, which is what we've seen from him, when you're a good iron player, when you're a good approach player, that plays very well, not only PGA National, but also Florida in general. Cam Young, he's kind of the modern golfer, right? Bomb it far and then worry about the details later. He's very inaccurate. I would worry that if he's not on, there are a lot of big numbers lurking. There's doubles, there's triples out there at PGA National. So I would prefer to probably save Cam Young for Rocket Mortgage, right? Somewhere where you can bomb it without regard for accuracy, kind of Cam Davis style. I would prefer that. Um, thank you for the super chat. It is uh, never required, always appreciated. There was another one in here as well. Here we go. Christian says, good afternoon, Rick. Hope all is doing well. Are you headed to the President's Cup in September? Also, what are your thoughts on KH Lee and Danny Willett this week? DraftKings 3 max. Yeah, so uh, I would love to go to the President's Cup. I'm um, maybe behind the scenes. I should be pulling like a, uh, some strings on like, you know, maybe a little bit of Immelman on Immelman action, right? Can Mark talk to Trevor, get me in there? You know, who knows what's going on? But um, I'd be happy to rock the International President's Cup logo if something like that was to come to fruition. Uh, TBD on that. Uh, but I'll, I'll let you guys know if I do end up there as far as Willett and KH Liga, well, it's fine. You know, anytime you get kind of Florida sneaky, little cheeky, little, you know, European coming over here in tough conditions, that's fine. Um, KH Lee, I like what I've seen from KH Lee. It's a little bit volatile, right? You don't know if he's going to lose four or gain four with the driver. You don't know if he's going to lose four or gain four on approach, but you see he's capable of upside. That's exciting stuff. And his short game, pretty stout, right? Better than average most weeks. So I, I think KH Lee, um, again, if all things go well, you could get the bad version of KH Lee, but I think he sets up a little bit better here. So thank you for that. All right, let me get back into line here. <clears throat> Whatever happened to Ollie Schneider, Jans? Yeah, lost his status. Um, remember when he putted it off the green at Phoenix? Yeah, he was the next coming. Should maybe he should have wore a hat. When it comes to recent trends, do you lean tend to lean on golfers that will regress to the mean or will stay hot slash cold? What's a good sample size to use? Twenty four rounds, fifty rounds, and why? Well, um, if you're going for golfers regressing to the mean. 50 or 100 is probably a number you want to use. If you want to go stay hot, I mean, you could use 12 or 16. I think that at this point in the season and when we are, we are really entering the meat of it where guys are going to play a lot, especially the non-studs, right? You're going to see guys play five weeks in a row, take a week off, five weeks in a row. Like you're going to see a lot of golf that way. So I would start to, uh, for non-stars, uh, ride the waves, 12 rounds, 16 rounds. For Better golfers, they generally start to get back to their mean just because they're so good. They don't necessarily need form coming in. I would go 50 or 100 for those guys. Any advice on how to handle betting versus jock market versus DFS strategy for players who are not top end guys week in and week out? Guys like JJ Spawn, three top 25s, then a miscut. Do you go right back to him 
or done. Okay, so this is actually a really good point. And I actually brought this up in my uh, newsletter for the week, the Run Good Rundown. So if you're not subscribed to that, the link is in the description. I described JJ Spawn as Penny Stock Spawn. Um, really, JJ Spawn is only a profitable golfer in like one format, and that format is jock market, right? JJ Spawn's not going to win a golf tournament. JJ Spawn's probably not going to cash you many top 10 or top 20 bets. However, in a situation like jock market, all he has to do is outperform his expectation, right? All he has to do is, you know, with the guaranteed payouts, if he goes for $2 a share and, fi- and then he finishes, you know, 33rd, whatever that payout is, three bucks a share, four bucks a share, um, you've made money on him. So when you're asking about how to handle betting, jock market, DFS, et cetera, uh, there are definitely only guys that you can play in jock market. Uh, and it's a lot of them. It's basically golfers like 30 through 150. You probably only want to play on jock market. Um, you know, DFS and betting. I think there are guys who have uh, significant upside when it comes to betting that I wouldn't trust in my DFS lines. Brooks Kepka, I think is a really good, a really good sample, uh, a really good example this week. If I'm going to have exposure to Brooks Kepka, it's only going to be in the outright market. It's not going to be for DFS purposes. Um, while I'm doing this, because it's a good question, Jay, uh, I'll just do the I'll do the jock market stuff right now. So if you haven't played on jock market, it's stock market DFS. You can buy, sell, uh, now even short shares of athletes, not only golfers. They just added NASCAR as well. Um, and there are guaranteed payouts. So depending on the finishing position for each golfer, so for example, Joaquin Neiman won last week. Got the full $25 a share payout. He went went for $5.22 last Wednesday night. So that's a $19.78 per share in profit. Fun little game. You can buy one share. You can buy a thousand share. Buy whatever you want, right? Buy all the golfers. Buy two guys. Kind of play this however you want. And the guaranteed payouts make it exciting throughout the course of the week. Um, so Joe Idoni and myself, every Wednesday night, we do a power hour. So we take you from 8.15 until about 9 p.m. That's when the IPO closes. So right now you can bid on shares of golfers and you can get your portfolios kind of in shape. And then if those stocks get allocated to you, those shares get allocated to you, boom, they're in your portfolio and you're rocking and rolling. Um, if you use the code Rick, it gives you up to a $50 uh, deposit bonus. So join us tonight. Who are your top three first round leaders? I know there is a way to get to it in the Holy Grail, but I cannot remember how to do it. Yeah, okay. So here's the Holy Grail. You go strokes game by round. You can kind of do this any way you want, but most people would say uh, more filters. They would go to round one, and then they would sort this by strokes gain total. And you'll start to see names that pop out early in tournaments. So for example, let's do Matthias Schwab. Uh, on average, gains 1.65 strokes per round in the first rounds. However, his last eight or so haven't been all that good. Before that, awesome. And a lot of that is European tour stuff. So let's keep going. What about Lee Westwood? Kind of the same thing. A lot of European stuff and hasn't been as good in opening rounds as he has been. We could also go like just the last couple of seasons. Grayson Sig. How about Grayson Sig? Yeah, okay. Grayson Sig's a quick starter. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight round ones in which he's gained strokes on the field. And he's gained in basically, what is that, 14 of his last 16? Now, it's not always a lot. I would prefer guys that are gaining a lot. Um, because first, yeah, like like Lee Hodges, right? Lee Hodges gained seven in the opening round of the American Express. He's got a couple other other instances of gaining three or four. I think Bezadenhout is kind of similar to this. Let me just check real quick. Yeah. He'll lose you three, but then he'll go through plus three, plus three, plus three, plus eight, plus four. That like, that's what you want to see. You want a little bit of volatility. So click through those guys and find what is best for you. What's better, Michael Thompson's beard or his chance to win this week? Thanks for all you do. I'm sure Killa Keith will pull through for you this week. Fingers crossed. His beard is probably better than his chances to win. Yeah, Seb Max, you started a um you started a Mito conversation on the first cut yesterday. How long is it until Mito's stats start to look worrying? And <clears throat> excuse me, and what needs to change for it to be worrying? Okay, so the thing with Mito is um he's basically a complete mirror of himself recently compared to what we saw last year. So I've showed this graph a lot. But if you go from Rocket Mortgage, which is when he comes up after his battleground promotion, to Shriners, he's a ball-striking phenom, and he can't putt. Now in basically the new year, a little bit going back to last year, it's the complete opposite. 
struggling with the ball striking, putting out of his mind. I don't know what to do with this. What version is he? I think he's the ball striking version because you see him play, you watch him play, you listen to the ball come off his club face. I think he's the ball striking version. Uh, to answer your question, am I worried? No, because he's still gaining stroke. I mean, gained five at the Genesis, gained five at the Farmers, gained at the RSM, gained in Houston, even though those were putting weeks for him. Um, I would be disappointed. Right, there's still you can still get it done if he if he just turned out to be a great putter and like an okay ball striker, it's kind of one way to get it done. I would be less optimistic that he turns into an elite top twenty golfer, but he could have a very good long career doing it that way. So I wouldn't be concerned. I'd just be disappointed. Right, we're not angry, son. We're just disappointed uh, if he was a ball striker. So we're gonna wait and see. Very young player, still trying to figure everything out. Thanks for starting and stirring up the pot on the first cut yesterday, how given how tough the course is yet, how relatively weak the field is overall, are you more inclined to inherit more risk by playing some absolute swell seller dwellers and really stacking up top? Yeah, I think that's a decent strategy. Andy lack on the scramble yesterday kind of brought this up as well. Basically like it, it was, the argument was for Louis Tazen. Um, how often do you get difficult major championship like conditions in a very weak field? And the answer is, you don't. It's here. That's the only spot you get it. Uh, so shouldn't this be a decent spot for guys like Louie? So um, I think you can do whatever you want. The two ends of the barbell, you've seen basically half the winners are studs, 20 to one or under, and half the winners are long shots in triple digits. I don't think you can go wrong. I think the water naturally um, creates more volatility. If this was more like winged foot where you knew it was going to be hard, but there weren't like penalty strokes out there, I would live at the top. Uh, but because there are penalty strokes and the top players are just one swing away from everything going horribly wrong, uh, as Tommy Fleetwood, I, I think you can kind of go about this any way that you want. Rick, my guru, says the DFS chef. Thoughts on Ryder this week? Seems to be running hot. Or do you prefer another $7,200 golfer? I know you really like Hubbard. Yeah, I think Hubbard's fine, you know, comparative to his peers. We can do a little bit of a Ryder deep dive here. So how about this? So here's Sam Ryder's golfer profile page, and we see eh, some decent results. Well, I mean, he's got back-to-back -to -back top 25s in Phoenix and Riviera. Those are definitely st much stronger fields than what we're going to get this week. He's made four of his last five cuts. All of them are this year. A little bit of whack-a-mole, games all over the place. You don't know what to expect. Some weeks he's better off the tee. Some weeks he's riding the putter. Some It's just kind of all over the place. Um, so optimistic about the last two weeks even though he's kind of done it in completely different ways. Yeah, he was great tee to green in Phoenix, horrible tee to green at Riviera, basically the same result. So I don't think Sam Ryder provides any level of consistency or I don't think he lets you sleep well at night, but I kind of like what I see, at least in those two fields. Is it Sung Jay week in a 20 person one and done, or do I go Horschel for the differentiation? Probably just Sung Jay week. I don't know if Billy's going to be all that, all that different. Good afternoon, Rick. Any signs Gary Woodland is close to turning it around? If so, is this the course to do it considering he may be able to club down? Yeah, I've heard that argument before. Um, that argument is always also uh, like, it's weird. Um, the arguments around Gary Woodland and, and Ricky Fowler are very, very similar. It's like, is he going to get back to doing X, Y, and Z? It's like, well, I don't know. I mean, we're we're like two years into him not being that golfer anymore, right? And when he was clubbing down at, I don't know, Heritage or Pebble or whatever it was, like he was a much better golfer. He was a different guy. It's not that guy. He's missed four of his last five. He's hemorrhaging on approach and, and off the tee. I mean, we can look at the running numbers. Let's look at his off the tee numbers. Career trajectory. Um, basically from 2012 to 2019, it's up and to the right consistent gainer. And then he has basically been even or a loser since, you know, he had a, a running total of 328 strokes gained off the tee in his career in February of 2020. Now he's at 313. He's going the wrong direction. We'll do strokes gain approach. Probably see something similar. Yeah. Just kind of levels off here. Right. I don't know. I don't think he's that guy anymore. I hope he proves me wrong. Can you give us two guys to fade in Florida who play well out West and two guys who play bad out West 
and great in Florida. Boy, um, I mean, I guess I could do this. It's probably going to take me a while, and I'd, I'd prefer to like run the numbers and create a tool for this. But you could, in theory, go to the Holy Grail, and you could just start clicking the Florida courses, right? So off the top of my head, um, so we'll do Bay Hill. We'll do uh, Sawgrass, right? If you hold control, you'll be able to get multiple selections. We will do uh, this week, which is PGA National. And then we will do uh, we'll do the other Florida swing. So we'll do uh, uh, Valspar, which is uh, Innisbrook, right? So that'll give us these four. And golfers in this field dating back to 2018. Well, no surprise, Sung J.M., Tommy Fleetwood are here. Uh, ben Coles, Christian Bizet, they only have 12 rounds. Lee Westwood is here. Luke Donald, Henrik Stenson. These are familiar names, right? These are names that you would expect to see here. Harry Higgs is here. He only has 16 rounds, though. Hasn't missed a cut. Adam Shanks at 30 rounds. He's done okay. Zach Johnson may be riding high from that. Let's just do like the last two years of this. We're going to get much, much crazier numbers. Berger, Sungjae, Westwood, Brendan Steele. Oh boy, we're going to talk about him at some point. I imagine somebody's going to ask about him. Bryce Garnett. So you could go through and do this. I'm not going to do the California comp, but uh, good luck. I noticed in your Honda preview last year, strokes gained approach uh, ranked 10th and your only correlated stat in the top 30. Now driving distance is the most correlated stat. How does it change that much year over year? So let me pull up the course key stats here. Um, driving distance is the mo- now driving distance is the most correlated stat. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm following here because driving distance is, is not, um, Oh, by rank. Okay. Apologies, Brandon. Okay. So yes. Uh, in terms of other courses where, uh, okay. So the value here is is technically the most correlated, right? So driving distance is 0.148, but strokes gain approach is 0.223. Strokes gain total is 0.359. The problem with that is um, total and approach are always going to be the most highly correlated stats. So um, I rank them. So you're saying driving distance is now the most correlated. So there's a couple of things here. Um, I've... Uh, I'm constantly backtesting the model. So the model is getting better each and every geez, week, month, of course, year. So looking at last year, the the algorithm has changed quite a bit. The other thing is, um, and I don't have it in front of me, but I used to compare it to a lot more uh, courses, right? Now what I do is I've just narrowed it down to the courses that they're going to play this season, which is, I think is a more accurate, more fair representation. So it's just, it's changed over the years. I, I stood by the model uh, last year. I stand by it this year. But I'm sure next year I'm going to have a new and improved version of it. So always constant tweaks. Thanks for uh, a, a astute question. Has anyone caught your attention in the seven thousand to seventy five hundred dollar range? Uh, okay, well let's see. So seventy five hundred. This is the cheat sheet. So seventy five hundred to seven thousand. Um, I've probably warmed on Higo, which is a little bit terrifying to be honest with you, but. I'll, I'll dive into that in a second. Outside of Higo, not really. Swafford, I think, is a bit underpriced, although I worry that it's around the... Okay, so let's do two little quick quick deep dives here. So um, let's start with Higo. If you're willing to go and try to be early on someone, I think the guy you might want to be early on is Higo. Plays in Phoenix, drives it beautifully, uh, and basically gains across the board. When we... When Garrett Higo came over from the European tour, the selling point was the driver, right? That's what we were told. He was a great driver and he drove it well at Palmetto and he won there. And then he gained basically his first, you know, four out of his first five starts. He gained off the tee. Then he kind of lost it. And we didn't know what he was doing with the driver. Well, what he did in Phoenix was his best driving week since his win. It's actually his best driving week ever. So if you're willing to say, okay, maybe he's back to that kind of original DNA that we were pitched on Garrick Higo last year, it's kind of an interesting little spot for him. The other one is Hudson Swafford. Uh, the concern around Swafford is that he's horrendous around the green. Horrendous around the green. However, last three weeks, he's been a positive golfer. Even if he's just tour average around the green, fine. The rest of his game can pop. We just saw that. So those are the two guys that I'm probably most excited about there.
Good day, Mr. Rungood. Hello, Oliver. Have you warmed up to Neiman at all this week? If you look back at the century where he lost in playoff, he had a T2 the following week and didn't miss a cut till 12 starts later. Yeah, so the the only argument ever around the guy who wins the week before is like it's hard to follow up a win with another good performance, yada, yada, yada. Um, Scotty Scheffler kind of dispelled that, at least in recent memory. Played well at Riviera immediately after Phoenix. Neiman's like 23 years old. He's fine. He's not tired. He's, you know, it's an emotional win, of course, but like, who cares? I, I don't care all that much. I'm happy to run him out there. Ownership numbers. Okay. Let's do the ownership numbers for Thomas here. So, um, I believe Sung JM, Billy Horschel, Daniel Berger, all checking in over 23%, which makes your pivots in the 10K range, Kepka, Neiman, and a little bit of Louie, little bit of Louie. Horschel, uh, your pivots there. I think, um, I think I probably prefer Norin or Lowry, but Tommy Fleetwood could also be there as well. The $9,000 range is, is revolving around a wolf and Keith Mitchell. So your pivots there are your defending champion, Matt Jones, which again, if you're willing to kind of go with small sample size, I don't think that's all that horrible. Um, then going down a little bit further, Denny McCarthy will be popular in the upper sevens. Your, your pivots there are probably CT pan KH Lee that I'd feel most comfortable with. Um, Chris Kirk and Lucas Glover in the low 7,000. So your pivots there are my favorites are probably Rye and Higo. And then a little bit further down, there's not a lot of ownership collecting anywhere in the $6,000 range, maybe Smotherman, but um, at only seven and a half percent, you probably don't need to pivot all of that off that all that much. That's probably the way that I would look at it. How's the weather in Vegas? I heard it sucked. Got one spot left deciding between Taylor Moore and Bez. Uh, I mean, most of the time, the weather is pretty good. I don't mind the heat. It's been weird today, but otherwise, uh, I quite enjoy it. I would probably go with Bez. Biggie Ball says it's Luke Donald week. Do you agree? Well, maybe. Mark Immelman agrees. So Mark Immelman has been kind of floating the idea of, uh, hey, he's been you know gaining strength, uh, gaining ball speed, gaining distance. Uh, I worry about this, right? The consistent loser off the tee. I just see a guy losing two strokes and he might, and honestly, there's a lot of ways you can lose strokes. Donald primarily does it via lack of distance as opposed to lack of accuracy. However, I would worry that just one or two wayward swings by a losing golfer off the tee are a recipe for disaster. If they come on Thursday and Friday, you are not around for the weekend. And the rest of his game hasn't been all that great either. So uh, hard for me to think it is a Luke Donald week. Best part of the week, says TJ. Much appreciated. I've answered a couple of these, so I'm going to keep rolling. All the stats are telling me that I absolutely need to play a $9,100 Keith Mitchell this week. Please deep dive and talk me off the ledge. I'll deep dive, but I'm not sure I'm the guy to necessarily talk you off the ledge. I mean, Keith Mitchell, um, I think he's going to be popular for a reason, right? I mean, he hasn't lost strokes off the tee since the Travelers. It was in June. Approach play, much better in recent weeks. Around the green play, much better in recent weeks. Putter, much better in recent weeks. What's not the like? This is the blueprint. Right. And it's turning into results. T7 at Sony, 12th at Pebble, and 10th in Phoenix. And he gets to go back to a place he's won at. I, I just, I get it. What's the knock against Keith Mitchell outside of he's going to be popular? If you have a knock against Keith Mitchell that is golf course related, or I'm sorry, golf game related, let me know. If it's game theory, I feel you. Otherwise, I don't know. Hey, Rick, where can we find? data on the site about which holes have the most trouble. Um, so if you're talking about like water and stuff, I don't have that on the site. What I will add to the site though, and I actually have this in development is I'll add the, um, the hole by hole scoring, and then you can click through each year and see how it scores. So I, I was putting it together for prize picks because they have the bear trap prop this week, which is absolutely crazy. And I think there's a lot of money to be made there. Uh, and just, you're going to be able to watch it on PGA tour live. So all that stuff, use the link in the description. Prize picks is freaking bonkers right now. I can't believe they're doing a, a bear trap prop. Um, so I was putting it together for that. So I'll put it on the course key stats page so that you can click through and kind of see, but as far as trouble, you mean like, like water or sand, that might be more difficult to do, but I'll find out something for you. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. I'm in an okay spot in my one and done. 
do I go with Johnny Vegas or Tommy Fleetwood? Oof. Probably Tommy Fleetwood. Johnny Vegas, yeah, he's an elite like skill set guy, but I, I think it's still Tommy. I actually made a lineup. I did, I'm sure this will be my most successful lineup this week, where I did basically like the opposite of, of anything that I would do, right? I'm, I'm pulling the George Costanza method uh, for one of my big single entries this week. I think it was the $100 single entry, where it's just like um, everything you know is wrong, do the opposite. I'm going to try that this week. I'll let you know how it goes. It has Tommy Fleetwood in it. But Fleetwood has actually been better than I thought. I've answered a couple of these questions, so I'm going to keep going. Alfredo Sauce says, what do you think about this thing coming up where Phil might have might not have won the pip after bragging about it? I'd be 0% shocked if Phil bragged about winning the pip, uh, and he didn't, and Tiger actually won it, which is what these reports are about. Also, fun note, going into the studio at the win, uh, the Blue Wire studio at the win tomorrow, and Andy Lack and I are going to deep dive this whole Phil Mickelson thing, and it's going to be kind of crazy. Phil, remember when Phil tweeted that out that he won and it was like December 12th, there were still multiple weeks of the year left. How could he have claimed he already won the pip, right? And then Tiger plays like the PNC championship the next week. I'd be 0% shocked if Phil did not win the pip and then bragged about it. Oh, George. Greetings, Rick. May your days be jovial and may your successes continue to be plentiful. Will the presence of aquatic menaces lead you to embrace ball striking volatility or more consistent accuracy? Okay, George, beautiful question. And also, I think there's an interesting take. Why do I have so much? Why do I have so little head spin? Why is my head getting cut off here? Um, I can work on that camera. So uh, there was a topic that came up and I really need to deep dive this a little bit. Uh, Greg Ducharme brought this up to me earlier in the week where he was kind of interested in even, uh, guys that lose strokes on approach. And I think he used Billy Horschel as the example, but don't quote me on that. That kind of like lose strokes on approach or don't always gain, but they hit a lot of greens in regulation. I don't know if he said Billy. I think he said Billy with the idea being when you are aggressive, uh, you can either gain a lot on approach or you can lose a lot on approach. But if you are losing on approach, but you're hitting a lot of greens, you are generally taking a more conservative route. And when you get to a golf course that is danger everywhere, hitting greens, playing conservatively, making par is a recipe for success. So I would say there might be truth in fairways and greens, even if the guys are losing off the tee, losing on approach, but better than their rank with the more basic stats. I think in a, in a week where conservatism, conservatism, is that a word? Might be beneficial. I would ask a one and done question here, but I like my guys to make the cut. But um bump bump. Good one. You got me. Um Aaron Wise still seems pretty cheap seeing him at 55 to one for a guy that has decent odds in better fields and was dominant here for like the first 44 holes. Yeah. Fire him up. I bet him as well. Just bull. If you are as bullish as I am on Aaron wise and you don't play him here, I think you're making a pretty huge mistake, right? You get to go to flatter golf courses in Florida that will reward his T to green play. And, uh, he's had good success here. Right. Let's go to his Honda stuff. I think he's played here three or four times, three times. I want to say, yeah, T 33, 35 and 13th. Like, let's go. If you're not playing Aaron, if you likewise, and you're not playing him, you're being crazy. Uh, Lincoln with a super chat, which again, not, uh, required, always appreciated and always coming in, uh, with Oliver. So thank you very, very much. Uh, Mitchell, love him playing him this week. To your to answer your question, I'm concerned Crunchy Pete's gone. Who's ever at their best after losing such a special beast? Yes, uh, that is true. However, the stats say Keith Mitchell's playing pretty darn well right now. So I appreciate your support. As always, Lincoln, love your stuff. Um, thanks for tagging me on Instagram as well. Let me continue to roll through these. We did Swafford. This just says prize picks props, which, um, listen, I'm always happy to talk about prize picks props. I, I sent out an email in, um, or my newsletter had a segment about prize picks on it. What I actually did is this right here. I went through and I pulled all the numbers for the bear trap and I said, okay, 
every time they've played the bear trap, have they played it under or over 10 and a half? Because that's every golfer's line at the bear trap on prize picks this week, 10 and a half. Basically, can they play it in part or better? And you'll see some guys, whether it fits their eye or not, I don't know what the reason is. Some guys can get through here really, uh, really well. And some guys cannot. So for example, Alex Noren to me is my favorite one. He's played the bear trap 10 times. He's gone under 10 and a half in eight of them. He's a great, just par three score. He's 12th in par three scoring. He can get up and down for par, which is really what you want here. Two par threes on 15 and 17. So I like this. And then you get guys like Patrick Reed, who's played it four times and he's never, you know, he's never played it at par or better. So um, check out that email. Use the code Rick at prize picks, hundred percent instant deposit up to a hundred bucks. It's freaking nuts what they're doing right now. I'm loving it. Can Swafford win this? Yes. Which is more likely, Rick getting one guy to have a top 25 finish for him in the one and done this season, or Phil playing another regular tour event in his career? <laughs> uh, I hope it's me. Talked a lot about these guys, so I'm just going to keep rolling here. Is there anyone we can follow on social media or any website we can visit to see results or get news on practice rounds? Not reliably. Um... I would advocate, I'm, if I was the golf czar, I would have range reports. And you'd know when guys check in and check out of the range and how many holes they played and stuff like that. But no, not reliably. Who's the golfer this week that you love the upside but could also be kicking yourself over when, the eject, when they eject out of the tournament on Friday afternoon? Yeah, a lot of guys. I mean, Brooks is that guy, right? If Brooks won, would you be surprised? No. If Brooks, like shot seven over and missed the cut. Would you be surprised? No. Uh, the other guy is probably Matthew Wolf, right? The other guy, another guy might be, oh boy, um, like Cam Young. As much as I love the guy, I could see this going very, very sour for him. Uh, there's been a lot of questions about Kevin Streelman. Robert says he came out first in his custom model. Should I really add him to my DFS lineup? I don't know what Kevin Streelman's upside is at this point. Is it T23? Um, is he ever going to win? Is he ever going to finish top five? I don't think so. I would be worried about his upside. If you're trying to win all the money, I think it's hard to, to roll with Streelman. Any thoughts on Austin Smotherman? Yeah. Um, really love the way he hits the ball. Uh, and even if you ask people who are watching Smotherman out there, he is generally regarded as a very good ball striker, which is a good thing that we see here. And if you look at his results so far in his young career, what do you see? A lot of green in the approach play. And he's either positive or neutral off the tee. Always good signs. And what I like about him is he finished T11 at Farmers. Obviously, that is a much deeper field, but it's also a difficult golf course, right? So I think there's a lot to like about Smotherman this week. I did the pivot, so I'm going to keep rolling there. Um, it would be cool if you could have a Rick Run Good DK tournament with $5 buy-in for the listeners. Any way you can make that happen? No. Candidly, I asked them for that about 18 months ago, and they big-timed me big time. And now I've got like a little feud with them. Which is crazy, right? I do give them like the absolute free content, free marketing, multiple hours a week. I'm, I wasn't asking for much. I was asking for like a, a thousand per because you can only make a contest up to two hundred people. I wanted like a thousand people. So now, now I'm now I'll never ask again. So I'm petty like that. <clears throat> you don't. So we don't have to ask questions multiple times. I'm going in order. I will get to it. Uh, I appreciate the enthusiasm, but I, I will, uh, get to your questions. You don't have to ask them multiple times. Um, I think there is an argument. So this question is about, um, stars or scrubs or balance. I really like Sung Jay. I think he's objectively like the best fit, best situation for this week, but with the way the rest of the 10,000 pans out, um, and I, I couldn't say this a couple of weeks ago, I, I think there's more, relevance to starting in the $9,000 range this week than any other week, right? So if you just fade Sung Jay, who's going to be very popular, like, are you concerned Louie might win and burn you? Maybe. Are you concerned Neiman goes back to back? Huh? I don't know. 
Berger and Kepka, maybe two of the bigger question marks at the top, depending on health and motivation. So like you're to me, you're not fading all the scary stuff. At Riviera, you were fading all the scary stuff, right? I mean, just all these guys in the 10K range were absolutely phenomenal. So uh, I think it's more reasonable to start in the 9K this week. I'm just reading through some of these. Uh, a lot of them are the same. Thoughts on Svensson? Uh, yep, like Svensson a lot. Good ball striker, all good there. Can you do a deep dive on Harry Higgs? Sure. I'm not sure there's really much to deep dive here, right? I mean, he's just not, not really doing anything that I would be super excited about. So here's Harry, as much as I love the guy. Um, I mean, look, it's just no top 40 since Summit Club. And it also aligns perfectly with the last time he gained strokes on approach, right? But now he's lost a lot of strokes on approach uh, basically every week since Wyndham. That's terrifying. This is terrifying to me. So, which wasn't always the case, right? Wasn't he better? Yeah, like look at this stretch. The stretch from Sony last year to Honda, uh, great ball striking numbers or at least approach numbers. But, and then, I mean, he's just lost all of this. He's lost all of this. This is a really concerning sign for Harry Hicks. I hope he flips it because I really like the guy. Hmm. Hey, Rick, where do you see the evolution of golf DFS headed? Uh, much slightly. I don't know what this, I don't know what the part about the NFL is, but yeah, it's obviously, it's obviously like prize picks, right? It's obviously jock market. It's obviously these like other ways to play, um, you know, jock market, giving you an opportunity, a jock, DFS, you really can only play so many guys. Right. Well, obviously in one lineup, but also like you can't play Kyle Stanley because Kyle Stanley never finishes inside the top 40. You can make boatloads of money on Kyle Stanley in the jock market, right? Or on JJ Spawn. Um, prize picks with props, that's like your what score are they going to make on a single hole? What score are they going to make in a single round? What are they going to do in, at the bear trap? That's like quick, actionable stuff that I imagine more and more are going to start going that route. My season-long one-and-done uh, pick was Sungjae. Is that right? I think it was Sungjae. My, I think Billy, Hor uh, Billy Horschel makes sense because he's playing well and you're not saving him anywhere. And you're not, you're going to get a guy who's a top five in the betting odds that you're not going to want to save. So that's, that's the reason for um, Billy Ho this week. Question about Brandon Hagee, who is literally just like in the doldrums, uh, but could he flip a, a switch here? I think the last two times he got to PGA National, he had flipped the switch, but man, it's really hard to back a guy who's made one cut technically in his last seven, and the cut that he made was an MDF, which is which is tough. Uh, updated model. All right, so this is the Rick Rungood model. I don't remember exactly what I did on thursday although i guess it is safe so let me clear that so i can get that out of my brain um we can go more recent rounds let's go more recent rounds of 16 let's do a weighted weighted strokes gain model so i'll do 25 on approach 25 on off the tee 10 and 10 around the green actually i should probably change that let's do Twenty off the tee, twenty approach, twenty around the green, ten on putting. Got to make pars, so that leaves me with thirty. Um, I could also go to par four scoring. I could go with sand save. There was a lot of player. I don't know if I said this on Monday or not. There were a lot of player conversations around playing out of so many bunkers. Uh, let's split that. Let's go sand save and driving distance, and see what this model pumps out. The answer is, oh boy. Oh God. Joaquin Neiman, number one. Louie, number two. Keith Mitchell, three. Berger, four. Sungjae, five. Matt Jones, makes sense. Six. Harmon, seven. Palmer, eight. Wow, are these just like the course history guys? No wonder this makes complete sense that these guys have played here, right? Mitchell, Sungjae, Jones, Palmer. Come on. 
Uh, Chris Kirk and Cam Young round out my top 10. Alex Noren's 11. God, I love that. Is Alex Noren going to win this week? He might just win this week. He might just win. A lot of questions about Higo, so I'm um, rolling over those. I did a Higo thing. Do you think having his brother in the field might help Brooks? Uh, historically, it hasn't, right? Hasn't he? There was a time, I don't know if it was recently or not, but like Chase had beat him in three of the four times they played in the same tournament together. It was not, it was not particularly great. Thought about this the other day. If you could play a foursome with any three active pro golfers, who would it be? And where would you play? Augusta? Tiger? I don't know. Homa and Victor? That would be freaking fun, wouldn't it? Oh, no, Tiger could ruin the vibe, right? Like, you have to play with Tiger, but, like, everyone's scared of Tiger. If you just went with Victor, Homa, and, like, Joel Damon, you'd have a freaking blast. Um, Danielle Kang's also, she seemed fun when she did, uh, what I see her on, on YouTube? I don't know. Just trying to mix it up. Lots of questions about HUD Swapper, too. We did that. I like him. Yes, I've already rerun a model. Can we trust Aaron Wise right now? Seems to have lost his form. Not sure I agree with that statement. According to your newsletter, a lot of courses have water at 10 or more holes. No, that's not what I said. I think it said nine courses. That's not a lot. That's like 15% of them. Um, but yes, you're right about the rest of this, Ronan. Uh, Poulter, Donald, Westwood, Fleetwood are all guys that have played well on said courses. Now you get that. I mean, it's basically like the Florida courses, right? So yes, I think, um, I think Fleetwood is probably my favorite, favorite out of that group. Poulter, fine. Westwood, a little less than fine. Donald, I'm not necessarily sold on. Not really sold on that. Uh, we could do, oh, here's a good question. Uh, Mark has realized that my wife, producer Mina's picks have been way better than mine. She picked an outright in the top four. Uh, who wins this week? So she has sent me a message. If this one comes through, she's got the gift. She's going with CT Pan. She says, good course history in parentheses just last year and recent form in parentheses just last week, LOL. There you go. There was something I wanted to look up. Oh, Taylor Moore. There were a lot of Taylor Moore questions. So let's just do the Taylor Moore thing. Right. So let's go Taylor Moore here. Get his stuff loaded in. What do we have on Taylor Moore? It's fine. T21 at Genesis, T16 at Pebble. Good, good. Um, doesn't seem to have one strong suit. Doesn't seem to have one weakness. Could be handy here. That all-around game could be handy here. Some weeks he's good off the tee. Some weeks he's terrible on approach. He's never really good on approach. Around the green and short game can pop. Yeah, this is fine. I um Listen, well-rounded golf around here probably works. Probably works. Because well-rounded golf makes pars. And pars are very good. Oh, man, Jim, great question. Do you have a simulator in your house? If not, when will the producer slash boss let you get one? The answer is no, but I have been I have been planting this seed and 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 watering it and getting it sunlight. And I'm I'm wearing quite honestly, I think I'm wearing her down, uh, which is which is helpful. I also have pitched like it could also be a home theater. We can watch The Bachelor on it, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like I think it's I think it's working, but it hasn't happened yet. Um if anybody has a if anybody knows anyone who could hook me up with like a discount. That'd be great, but uh, I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Thank you. What kind of music do you listen to? For some reason, I feel like it's something weird, like jazz or metal. No, it's probably weirder. I don't listen to music. Let's do the deep dive on Fratelli. All right. We haven't talked about Dylan Fratelli in a while. I like to mix it up, right? Sometimes we get like the same questions about people. Let's see what Fratelli's been up to. What do I see? What do I see? Hmm. Not much, right? I mean, again, it's fine. There's a lot of fine guys. He's um very he's been very in well, I, I mean, this is kind of good if you want like if you want some volatility in your lineups, 
22nd cut, 19th cut, 12th cut, cut, 24th cut, 26th. A top 30 or a missed cut in like 12 straight events. That's okay. That's okay, right? Remember Adam Long had a stretch like that? So you at least, you know, when things click for him, you can get a decent result, but it's it's all over the place. I mean, he's not driving it well. He's he's erratic with the approach play around the green and putting, not necessarily a strong suit. This is really hard to back, especially at PGA National. It's just like, if you get bad week, you're going to get really, really bad week. Uh, I've, 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 uh, I've answered a lot of these, so I'm just going to keep rolling here. <laughs> what is this question? Probably a lot of work, but it would be cool if all the stats used to make a custom model were also in the cheat sheet. It's not a lot of work, Matthew. The cheat sheet is just like, it's a real estate issue. I can only make it so big so it shows up on on certain screens and it's already hard to look at on a phone, right? Like it's much better on a tablet or a bigger device. So it's not hard. It's just, I've got a real estate issue is what I've got. Also, Sia looks like Cam Tringale's DK photo. I'll have to look at that. Who under 7K is making the cut? Uh, I will say Smotherman. No, Stewart Sink has has re decent recent form. I'm not sure I agree with that statement. I thought Stewart Sink's been pretty horrendous. Remember when he was like leading the tour in strokes gained approach? He won twice and then he just disappeared. I don't let's see what recent form. I do not think this is good recent form. 21st at the tournament of champions. There's only 38 golfers there. T36 at Sony. Misses the cut at Pebble. T43 at Phoenix. And he's a constant looter, loser in the ball striking categories. And he's nowhere near what he was here. So I apologize, Gavin, but I cannot say that is good recent form. What's for lunch today? I'll be having a Buffalo chicken sandwich and I'm so darn hungry for it. Sup, Rick? Congrats on the Blue Wire partnership. Thank you much. Um, yeah, recording. That, the, so that studio they built at the Win is unbelievable. There's HD cameras all over the place, all the most high-tech equipment you can believe. They have like three producers in the in the back when I'm recording. There's a green room. You can watch it from the lobby. There's like a lot. It's I'll try to take a video and post it. It's unbelievable. We're going in um, tomorrow. What do you think of CT Pan? If you're cool with small samples, Pan's your guy. Played well last week. Played well here last year. If you're willing to go with that, Justin, I love it. If you need more, he's not your guy. Uh, <laughs> chances this is I'm laughing at something else. Chances that Lowry wins. I actually pretty but I kind of like Lowry. Yeah. So uh, you know, you get a situation where he's been really strong on the approach play, and that goes back quite some time, right? So that goes back to you don't you don't always see it because he's played a lot of um uh, DP world tour events, but look at this every event from the players to the BMW championship, he gained strokes on approach. And you assume that's probably what he did in his most recent good finishes on the European tour, T14, T9, T12, T24. Um, I, I don't mind this whatsoever. I, I, I kind of like that a lot. I, what I was laughing at was, uh, I'm getting to the point where people are replying to my pettiness over DraftKings, And Nicholas says, love that your pettiness never lets that go. It will never, it will never. Um, I have not decided on my full card yet. So let me see. So I've been a little um, tied up and I have not finalized this card, but a card that looks like, let me just, let me just pull this up real quick. I got to log in. You have to log in every single time. It's outrageous. Um, all right. So I don't love this card to be frank. Horschel. Pereira, Wise, McCarthy, Palmer. And then I bet five bucks on Jim Canals just because I figured at 800 to one, it's like if someone random wins this, why not him? Um, the guys that I I think I probably should be adding, there was someone I just wanted to say, somebody remind me to bet him. Who was that? Was it, who was it that I just wanted to say, for somebody remind me, to, was it, was it, Oh, it was Norin. I think it was Norin. So, like, I would love to add Norin. I got to write this down. Norin and Lowry, but I think that's going to mess with my thing. Like, the, the way I build my card, which is a video I've put on Rick Rungood 
uh, YouTube channel. So I got to run the numbers on that, but I'd like to get Norin and Lowry. I think I have it because most of these guys are like 40 or 50 to one. I think I can pull it off. It'll have, I might have to split a unit, but um, don't let me forget to bet those guys. Okay, yeah, so this is a good one here too. So let's do the Ryan Armour deep dive because uh, he popped up on like the original model that I ran on Monday. So I had to go and see like what the heck's going on with Ryan Armour. And I was actually pretty pleasantly surprised that he had gained strokes off the tee in basically every event since the Barbasol. And remember, he's not a long hitter. So you know that he's playing accurately. So if that cuts out, um, a lot of the, the trouble you can get into off the tee, that's like half the trouble that you can get into. We've seen him actually hit the ball well on approach, not always, but like he can pop, right? Plus four, plus two, plus two, plus six. Um, he can get a little bit streaky. So the short game worries me, but but I was pleasantly surprised when I deep when I deep dove into Ryan Armour. Hey, Rick, love the show. Since you do so much for the golf DFS community, have you ever been approach, approached by DraftKings or FanDuel to be a sponsor or anything like that? No. I've had, a, I've had conversations with both of those, and I'll, I'll be quite honest with you, they haven't gone great. Not not sure they necessarily align uh, with what I align with, and I do very little, do very few partnerships, right? I don't even like to call them sponsorships; they're more like partnerships, right? Because it's only in things I really believe in that I play. It's not like, hey, I'm just going to talk about you for two minutes. It's like, no, I might tweet about it too. Like, I love this stuff. So, like, Prize Picks and Jock Market are like the perfect examples of that, right? It's just like so natural, data driven golf stuff with companies that I believe in. Like it, it, it makes, it makes complete sense. Has Kepka ever won in a weak field? Well, funny you ask that. So, uh, I can actually do this. So if we go to tournaments, uh, or excuse me, the Holy Grail, we go to, uh, Brooks eight, Hey, Brooks eight golfer. And we can sort this just by strokes gain total. So that'll give us his best results. Uh, and then we can look at strength of field. Oops. I also have my other, I have my course filter on, so I'll turn that off. Uh, let's see <clears throat> the weakest field, or I guess I could sort by position as well. That would probably make more sense. Wouldn't it? The weakest field he's ever won. Um, well, it was probably the Turkish airlines open, but I don't have that strength of field handy. He won the CJ cup, which was a 382. That's it though. The rest of them were like, yeah, 463, 688. This week's like a 223, something like that. So basically if he won this, it would be the weakest PGA tour field. He's ever won a couple of second place finishes. So if we sort by strokes gain total, you know, like his, his runner up at the Valero was a two Oh three, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, no. Oh, Brendan Steele. All right. So I've got a couple minutes left. We didn't do the Brendan Steele discussion yet. Um, this is literally the same conversation we've had before with, uh, uh, courts history or recent form. Recent form is horrible for Brendan Steele. If you like recent form, there's no way you can play Brendan Steele. He has lost hemorrhaged strokes on approach with the putter. He's generally a great ball striker. This is terrifying. If you believe in course history, he's the man. He's been awesome. So you're going to have to decide what side of the fence you're on. T3, T4, T14, T14, T11, all in the last six years. You got to decide what side of the fence you're on. Uh, the lineup that I made that was like the antithesis of everything that I believe in has Brendan Steele in it. The George Costanza lineup has Brendan Steele in it because I would never play this guy because I'm a recent form guy, but I didn't play, um, you know, Spieth at, Spieth at Pebble burned me. Brooks at Phoenix uh, also didn't go so great. So I made my George Costanza lineup and uh, Brendan Steele is in it. I'm a four handicap and I shot 94 at PGA National on the sim. <laughs> yep. All right. I've answered a lot of these. Let me, uh, oh, I'm actually kind of close to the bottom actually. That's good. Wow, that was probably pretty good timing. Have a fantasy draft coming up where you can take anyone you want in the first round. Oh, so you can have multiple people can have the same guy. Should I be fading Rom and Cantlays and looking for a chance to be more unique? Yeah. Yeah. 16. Yeah, probably. You, so you can pick anybody in the first round and anybody can pick anybody. Uh yeah, you can take like more cow would probably be freaking great. Tim says in all caps. So I'm going to read it the way that I think he said it. You doing an NCCA bracket video this year? Uh, yes, I am. That is, um, that is, uh, like literally the most watched video that I do every year. Isn't that, is that sad or impressive? 
Um, but it's been really, so here's what I did last year that, that bracket finished in like the 94th percentile the year before that, or I guess two years before that, cause there wasn't one in 2020, it was like 98th percentile. So I guarantee we get smoked this year, but the, the strategy will still be good. Hopefully it'll be handy to you. Uh, PJ says, have you talked about prize picks bets yet? Yep. And I also emailed it out like yesterday. So you should be on the email newsletter to the description. Uh, Harmon or Norin? I prefer Norin. And I think that is the rest of it. Tim says, bad spelling. Sorry, no words. All right. It is 1 p.m. I'm starving. I'm going to go eat. Uh, also, there's a jock market power hour tonight. Join me for that. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be electric. I'll also do a Twitter space at 7 o'clock tonight. I'll also be on VSIN at 6.30 if you want to watch on VSIN. I got a lot of stuff to do. I got to go eat. I got to go pet a dog. I imagine you do as well. That's not like a euphemism for anything. I'm like literally going to go rub Oliver's head in about five seconds. But I wish you a great week and good luck.